you're at a bar. It is dark, and the ambience has lowered to a low hum. It is getting late, so most of the people are speaking at a level that reflects their tired state. You sit comfortably at the edge of the bar so you won't bother anyone, and so that you won't be bothered as well. The bartender asks if you want another, and you agree because the state you're feeling is comfortable enough to be alone. It's okay to be alone, especially at stages like this. You are able to really digest your thoughts, appreciate the situation at hand, and freeze time, just for a single moment. Sometimes we need to be able to live frozen in time. But something nudges you and takes you out of your trance. At first, you're a bit annoyed to be ripped away from your comfort so suddenly. Any form of discomfort would annoy anyone, but being the understanding person that you are, you forgive the intruder of your own sanctuary. You look up to see who the disruptor might be, only to see a pale woman smiling back at you. Her smile is crooked, yet wide. At first, you think she's indicating a sense of uncomfortable awkwardness, but her inability to stop starts to make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. A natural ability to illustrate that you're in danger. You keep staring at her, hoping that she would break the trance, but she doesn't. You shiver due to the sudden drop of temperature. The ambient hum is now gone. Why is it so quiet? Unsure of what to do, you murmur a high and look for the bartender to order another drink. You need a way to get out of this uncomfortable moment. You state that you'll get the woman whatever she wants as well. The bartender stops, confused, and asks who you're talking about. You nonchalantly point to the woman, and only point to nothing. Shocked and confused, you take a second only to cancel your drink that you just ordered. Maybe you had too much, or maybe it's just too late. However, despite all of that, the hairs are still standing up on the back of your neck. My name is Ellie, and welcome back to Tales of Two Cities. Hello? Welcome. This is Tales Two Cities. Oh, I'm so excited. Hotels have such a magnifying power over us. It's the place to just rest, yet it releases so much stress and anguish we feel we need it on the daily grind. Its clean sheets, friendly staff, and opportunity for release becomes desirable for the average Joe. Why stay at home and not do anything when you could go to a place and not do anything there? It truly becomes a safe haven for those that need a break. La Fonda on the Plaza is one of New Mexico's oldest hotels, 
However, the site of the hotel has been the home of several inns before, stretching all the way back to 1609. It is believed that the courts would be held in the original Odobi Hotel, and the executions would be performed in the lobby. The hotel was built and rebuilt several times until 1922. In 1821, Captain William Becknell, the establisher of the Santa Fe Trail, stayed at the hotel where the trail would end in the town plaza. After that, the area became home of the destination for trappers, traders, mountain men, soldiers, and politicians. After 1848, when New Mexico became part of the U.S. territory, the hotel was bought by Anglo-American owners, changing its name to U.S. Hotel. Life in Santa Fe post-U.S. occupation became more of a free environment. What I mean is, gambling became a way of life. The gambling hall became a major feature for entertaining military soldiers on their free time, and the occasional professional gambler. It is believed that one person was lynched in the hotel's backyard due to his quick financial loss. Ten years later, in 1867, the Honorable John P. Sloth, Chief Justice of the Territorial Supreme Court, was shot to death in the hotel lobby. Being the wild, wild west, the death was brought on by a simple dispute. In an argument with Captain Reinerson, a member of the territorial legislature representing Donna Anna County, Sloth called Reinerson a liar and a thief. To Reinerson, the only way to justify this was to shoot Sloth, who died of blood loss from the gunshot. Reinerson was tried and acquitted. The hotel's name was changed to the Exchange Hotel, which operated for nearly six decades. More than a century ago, the curse of Lady Luck befell the salesman who lost his company's money in a card game. Distraught and lost, he jumped down a deep well located just outside the lobby. In 1922, the current La Fonda was built. In 1925, the hotel was acquired by Atchison, owner of the Santa Fe Railroad, who leased it to Fred Harvey. For more than 40 years, from 1926 to 1968, the La Fonda was part of the Harvey Houses, a renowned chain of fine hotels. But the hotel isn't just known for its robust history, but for the guests that never checked out, one of which is Judge Sloth. Many have seen Judge Sloth walking down the hallways, Many guests have complained about the heavy footsteps going back and forth, slogging around the rooms where the guests slept. One in particular called downstairs to have someone tell the mysterious disruptor to be quiet. A hotel employee was sent to investigate. He saw a tall man in a black coat walking towards the stairwell. The man then turned and disappeared. When the employee followed him to the stairwell, there was no one there. Others have seen the man who jumped into the well. Many have joined a meal at the La Pozuela, a restaurant located in once the hotel's inner courtyard, only to be thrown off by a ghostly figure who walks into the center of the restaurant, only to disappear 
right where the well once stood. Others have noted to see a figure jump into where the well once stood, only to disappear. There was also the lost bride. On her wedding day, an ex-lover followed her into the suite, 510. He killed her, and she has been haunting the place ever since. You might see her there, at the lobby, or the elevator, or the basement. She still waits for the day that will never be. There are also secondary ghosts that many people have claimed to have seen. There is the ghost of a cowboy haunting the bar, who joins you with a beer at one hand and nothing in the other. Or the housekeeper, who saw the outline of someone under the covers at an unoccupied room, only to have the covers flatten a second later. When she pulled back the sheets, there was nothing there. In a blog by Tower Low, Tower explains her experience with a mysterious entity with her friend. While dining at the La Plazuela in the 1980s, her friend went to the bathroom before their green chili enchiladas arrived. When her friend returned, she was frowning and muttering in Spanish. Tower, like any concerned friend, asked her what was wrong, in which she replied, there's no one in the corridor leading to the restroom. It's very lonely. Tower explained it was Tuesday during lunchtime, and any sort of activity would be at a minimum. But I met a man in a syrup and a large hat, her friend exclaimed, realizing how odd it sounded, but also how she needed to defend her point. In her words, there was an older man with a mustache who spoke to her in Spanish. Even though this is New Mexico, and being bilingual is not uncommon, the two statements made her friend feel a sense of unease. Voy a morir. What does that mean? Tara asked. I'm going to die. Me van a ahocar. And that? It means I will hang. people you see every day, are they real? Yes, you can see them, and yes, you could possibly communicate with them. But do you ever wonder if there's someone stuck at a moment, or stuck in time? Following Einstein's quote, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It could only be changed from one form to another. Does that mean that entities are just balls of energy that were formed into another? If that's true, who's to say that the person who sits next to you on the bus or the subway wasn't just someone who died long ago? Who's to say that the nice lady you met at the coffee shop wasn't someone from a bygone era? And who's to say that the nice person that walked past you only to disappear wasn't just a figment of your imagination? Maybe your natural senses are what protect you from the dangers that face you. Maybe the skin crawling sensation, the hair standing up on the back of your neck, or the gut feeling that something is wrong is actually right. Maybe all of those small nuances are what protect you from the dangers that befall you. For the people of La Fonda, that just might be the case. Sometimes the most simplest answer is just that simple answer. Yes, 
Maybe these stories are brought on by a tired eye or a fun fabricated tale. Or maybe, just maybe, they are stories of spirits wanting to be heard. But if you find yourself having a drink at a hotel or a restaurant, just keep in mind that the sudden drop in temperature or that feeling that you're being watched when there's no one there might actually be one of the spirits welcoming you to their home. This piece was produced by Nick Zagerheil. You can learn more about him and other famous DJs on Rabbitat Spotify. Link will be in the description below. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcast device. We're also on Spotify and Stitcher, so please join us there too. If you want to have more than just free stuff, check out our Patreon. Nikki and I create special stories for the one-time fee of $5. We also offer merch, shoutouts, and other deals as well. If you want to represent us, please check out our merch store on TeePublic. We have added more fun things for a relaunch, and we believe that you'll love them. Check out the Day of the Dead shirt. I think it's awesome. We offer many exclusive Tales of Two Cities items, as well as other items from other artists all over the world. If you want to talk, write to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our email at talesofthenumber2citiespodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you, and we generally love telling your stories on our podcast as well. But above all, and most importantly, thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you for your patience during this hiatus. I promise you these future tales will scare you to your core. Thank you.